right, let me hear how you sound. Hello, hello. Moko, moko. <laughs> Can you hear me? So Moko is going to be like the, um, yeah, the standard catchphrase. Sorry, Moko. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Mosibel, and this is the Mosibel Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Mossable Podcast. This is a podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Mossable. And today, live from Austin, Texas, <laughs> with the lovely, radiant, intelligent, gifted, Adrian Patnard. What's up, girl? <laughs> Thanks for having me here in my living room. I'm currently wrapped in a blanket. My cat is wandering around and... Talking with a good friend. Yeah, and the cat will be more cool if you guys have guests by now. Yes. <laughs> and thank you so much. Uh, this is actually the third time we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> the first time uh, was sometime in March, even way before my show launch. So before when I had the idea to start a podcast show, Adrian was one of the first people that I reached out to. Like, hey, would you like to be on my show? So like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then, because I was so <laughs> inexperienced. The audio part of her side was kind of lost, so it felt like I was just talking to myself. And so we had to cancel that. And then the second time, there was so much interference. I think it was a Wi-Fi or something. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And, she, I mean, she was such a sweet spot about it. She was like, it's okay, I understand. I mean, I work in media, I understand things can happen. And then, so I found my way in Austin this weekend in April. And I was like, hey, girl, if you're up for we can have another take. And I promise this time around, it's not going to be lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so thank you so much. <laughs> course <laughs> so um i met adrian in austin texas um at a party and i don't know just started talking and yeah. you know i mean she's 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 lovely she describes herself as a writer by night and she's busy in austin texas she's also interested in um screenwriting and confessional poetry and she grew up in rural northern thailand as a missionary kid mk <laughs> and she's striving to be a better fan girl and believes you should always always meet your heroes so yeah. <laughs> so let's just start, you know, deconstructing this kind of thing. So I'm um, screenwriting. How's that? What's that like for you? Well, it's been on pause for quite a while, actually. I think ever since college, I've been so laser focused on filmmaking. Because mm-hmm. my brother's a filmmaker. Yeah, and that's wishes, the yeah. way that we've connected since, especially during college, but since high school. Um, he's known that he wants to be a filmmaker. And I've always been on along for the ride and I, I didn't think I would be in creative world and so senior year when I, as I was graduating I was really grieved that I I would be you know working in public relations yeah. which was my degree and not but I was I was jealous of my brother because he was going to be a filmmaker and creative things and it wasn't until that moment that I saw myself as creative in my own right and so that oh I want to be a filmmaker too but it wasn't until March of this past year that I realized that I'm not really cut out for the you know really brutal industry of filmmaking. It's very I, I don't want to put myself through it. I could maybe, yeah. but I don't think I think it's too intense. It's too um, I think I just would rather do it my own way. Yeah. In filmmaking there's a lot. You have to work on so many projects that are not your own before you get to do the kind of work that you want to do. But I know that, and that I also realize that there's so many other types of creative pursuits oh, like yeah. poetry and the yeah. personal writing that I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, and like baking and crafting and stuff like that that I realize 
finally that maybe I'm not just a filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> that really crushed my sense of identity. Is like, like I'm the filmmaker who is not going to give up. Like everyone else is going to give up. Filmmakers are who make it. The ones who don't give up. The ones yeah. who don't go home. But then I came to the point where it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna quit on that dream. Um, but it really just gave me freedom to do all the other creative things I had been put on hold. Yeah. So this past year, uh, up until now, has been a lot more about poetry and uh, personal writing and just having a lot of other life realizations. Yeah. Returning to like fangirling and, and baking and all the fun things that I enjoy that don't have a... Like every You know, before everything was in service of the filmmaking dream. Yeah. And now I'm doing more things just because the enjoyment of it. And realizing that all of those things are a part of me. Yeah. So I still think a lot about the script that I wrote, um, the feature script that I wrote last year, or the year before. The year before, yeah. Yeah, and I still think about it, and one day we'll return to it. Yeah. I'm not quite crazy. But you know, like, you know, tying that to, like, oh, this is going to be who I am. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I'm letting myself take a long break yeah. from that. Maybe it will help ease some of the pressure you already have about, you know, screenwriting. Yeah. Because now you already have these things you like, you know. Yeah, Baking, like put, you know, is yeah. that like one way, yeah. Yeah. And I've always felt bad because I was like, I love poetry. Yeah. And didn't wasn't into poetry until, you know, took a class randomly in college. And you found your path. I mean, that was yeah. yours. It wasn't like following your big brother's footsteps. Yeah. It was your it was own, my you know. Own thing, yeah. So, and he's, my brother still sends me his scripts. I still read his scripts and, and provide feedback. And provide that. feedback. So you're still involved in it. So yeah. So you get still there. And I still, yeah. like, you know, I love reading my friend's work and so and offering feedback so I know that that part of me is still there yeah but now I'm at the point where it's like like maybe my brother will pull me in on something like <laughs> <laughs> and I can imagine now that all that all those expectations you had for yourself mm-hmm. you know it's probably more freeing now like mm-hmm. you can now focus on the things you actually do love yeah yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were just uh, just before we started recording, yeah. we were talking about um, "Keep Going" by Austin Kleon. Yeah. He did a, uh, a screening of Groundhog uh, Day, Day yeah. uh, this past week to kick off his book tour. But there's a, a quote in in um, Groundhog Day is, you know, what would you do? Anything. Yeah. Every day is make yeah. every day Groundhog Day. Make right? every day Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the movie, it's he's Repetitive. reliving the yeah. same day over and over again. Yeah. And the quote is like, what would you do if you're stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, dear, oh, dear goodness. Like, that's the that's, stuff of every nightmare. Yeah, like, that's, and that's kind of the place I've been in for the past year and a half because it's like, well, I might not be a famous di- film director. But yeah, <laughs> like, it makes you So like, count. how do I stay happy now? Because that's the thing. Is like, So much of the, the message to filmmakers is like, sacrifice everything, mm-hmm. you know, move to LA and like, work yourself to the bone and like to find jobs survive. yeah yeah and it's like it's like i don't want to live my life that way like call me lazy i'm too old for that i like comfort i like a roof over my head yeah it's like, i like my paycheck like, having a nice apartment i can host people i like spending time with my friends yeah. uh, maybe i might not be very successful and that's what i'm still grappling with is yeah like, you know i might never be the the you know famous writer even yeah. like hey don't say that your poetry is really good thank you like i hope it gets there but i i just don't know if i'm hopeful that i can have it all <laughs> it's funny how i, I think that my mental health. most like, that's very important like how most of our 
like importance is tied to our work you know mm-hmm. and i say that for myself as well like yeah when you write when you publish when you like get this kind of you know positive feedback from people that's when you really feel like you're really cutting it mm-hmm. but that's that shouldn't really be like our yardstick for you know yeah. our sense of worthiness you know yeah yeah, that was the other one. Um, I have. I'm looking at my bookcase. So I see over there. Lovely books, by the way. There's a book by Mari Andrew. I think it's called "Are We There Yet?" And oh, she's yeah. an illustrator who got famous on Instagram. Yeah. She started just. You know, she's had a million different careers mm-hmm. in her life and just sort of bounced around like la di da. Um, but she had a, had a disease at one point where she mm. was temporarily paralyzed. Wow. Um, and through that experience is you know still a very traumatic experience but like one of the things that she came away from that with is like you know she was prevented from doing all the things that had previously defined her identity and what she came away with is i'm a person who loves and who can be loved and that's okay and that that's it that's that, but that's need. yeah that's i life. know that's life who that's loves life. and can be loved i mean yeah. that's that's all we need really because yeah. you can have all of those things that make you famous if you don't know how to love or if you don't have people that love you yeah you're wretched you know yeah that's all that's so all difficult do. So like yeah just take it take it down a notch take the expectations down lower the bar lower the bar but not in a bad way but, yeah 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 but, but yeah really like, in a realistic we way to save the world we don't have to uh-uh. you know because we're saving the world already we're saving someone's world by loving them yeah and they're saving our world by them loving us you know yeah yeah oh so. wow but that goes against everything i've ever heard. that we know yeah mainstream yeah 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 but so, then it yeah. but we do know that when it comes to the very core of it life is so short because until you go through those kind of traumatic experiences mm-hmm. maybe when you're almost dying or you've lost someone very close to you mm-hmm. that you do realize that you know what nothing matters you know yeah if you haven't like invested in people nothing matters yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. good yeah. um so confessional poetry i have yeah. read your stuff girl <laughs> I mean, you are one of those twenty-something-year-olds that just inspire me. Seriously, and I, I know you, you always like say, "Why? How?" I'm like, "Okay, here's the thing." I say that because I want you to elaborate. <laughs> and I always keep doing this. I know, I know. Specific, so I can remember. No, you have it on record. Please keep going. You have it on your Facebook Messenger because I've typed yeah, that to you in your birthday last year. So, but here's why. Um, I remember my 20s. I mean, everyone knows you're like the 20s. You're like roaring 20s. You don't really have like a definition of what kind of life you want to live. Or maybe you have them, but there are several things you think you want to do. It's really until your 30s before you pick, you know, those things and then you start living them. I just like how you are archiving that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I like about you. And I wish I had done that in my 20s. Like embracing the awkwardness, you know, the quirkiness, the otherness and everythingness. Yeah. You are writing it. You are exp- you're like walking. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. When I think of Moses on the mount, you know, with the tablets, <laughs> you are archiving that process. And I love the vulnerability inf- infusing your poetry. And I've told you this many times. You've inspired me to be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about your struggles, the way you write about just things that inspire you and the things that you're fascinated, you know, with. And also um, just the humanity of it all. I'm really impressed with that. There's a, a simple sophistication. I know those two words shouldn't go together. You bring to your poetry that I really love. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that's what I mean by you're one of the 20-year-olds that, you know, inspire me. Because you embrace the awkwardness for the large part of it. And you understand a little bit of it. And then the fact that you're like chronically in it. Almost like you want us to still remember. I count myself lucky to be able to see some of those things you write. Because you write like you're writing 
to yourself. Oh, I am though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. But then yeah. you write like, you know, you, you leave your diary open and then mm-hmm. whoever wants to stop by and I can read it. But you're not writing to impress somebody. Mm-hmm. You know how people can just I put stuff that. on Facebook? <laughs> you, I mean yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so I don't want to impress people. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've performed vulnerability at times, but I try to keep it real. <laughs> okay. Well, you had me fooled then. <laughs> I try to be honest. But she's she's really quite good. And I mean, you could go on her website and you could understand just everything she's about like in five minutes. So that's what I want to commend you for. Thank you. Now it's on record, so. Yeah, that's on record. You can keep playing that. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you grew up, you know, white in rural Thailand. Yes. And I stuck out a little bit. Was it Frey or so? The place in Thailand? Like oh, it's called Pram. Oh, see, there you go. It's yeah. P-H-R-A. It's P-H because they're in, in Thailand. They have ba, pa, and ba. Like so uh, ba, you know the soft B. And so it's pa. Yeah. So ph is just the how they write it phonetically to show uh, that it's the, the, the soft P. Uh, so, uh, uh, so you grew up there, and then as a missionary kid, what was that like? It was normal. It was my childhood. <laughs> oh yeah. So it was normal to me, but I knew that it was a privilege. It was a unique experience. Uh, um. So that's part of why, like, so much of my writing is you know trying to capture the present moment because growing up that's why i was writing in my journal because i wanted to remember everything i wanted to remember all the details so i always i flip back to my 2007 journal quite often wow Um, you've been journaling for that long yeah i think a little bit before then but that's the last one i the most recent or the farthest back one i have so much of it is just like what what was it like to watch the rice patties grow yeah poems about my cats <laughs> poems about uh these are bad poems but you know they captured the well we had to start somewhere yeah you gotta start somewhere <laughs> and just like you know listening to farmers like they get on the motorcycles at like 5 a.m and wake <laughs> chickens at 4 a.m waking you up so oh, fun stuff yeah fun stuff remembering all so those little, cute like, yeah, the I roosters love, I love the animals though <laughs> so like i was always trying to remember those deep those details and i see that in your poetry as well like mm-hmm. you freeze a lot of elements like you could just have a picture caption mm-hmm. and you have like some words and you know also missionary kid like i mean i have been on missions before but i didn't grow up in another country as a third culture kid yeah. what would you say were some of the most difficult things for you the hardest thing was always feeling a little bit out of place mm-hmm. like neither here nor there yeah, like I was a minority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a privileged minority. How did that feel? Oh, privileged Very minority. privileged minority, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like I stuck out. Like, people were always staring at me. So I was always self-conscious. Uh, and you're tall, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was so. Tall, just like bigger, like, you know. Blonde hair, and, blue like, eyes. In high school, I would buy like XXXXL jeans. <laughs> Because oh, that's wow. all I could find. So, like, I grew up... Like, right the there? Yeah. Oh, because the size are a little bit smaller? Yeah, there's uh. petite little, you know, tight people. So, <laughs> you know, I, I knew that in my head, but in my heart, I was like, oh, like... But then it got to oh, the size, so like, oh, I'm normal size. That okay. must have done a lot of wonders to your psyche. Yeah, oh. so I still overcoming that. Um, on top of like media in America in yeah beauty standards so, and all that yeah. yeah so that adds to it but so everyone is like oh we love your blonde hair like we love your your pale skin but, and then in the states you're like why aren't you tan so like which one are we like what do we choose because I was more used to Thailand the mm-hmm. hardest was coming back for stateside how many years did you live there uh, from age 2 until um, I think 16 I was oh wow or, I mean that's like your whole formative years yeah. spent there yeah 
Yeah, oh, so anytime we came back to the States, we'd come back every four years, and we would spend about six months in the States. We'd be mm. talking at different churches and seeing family and doing like going to Disney World once. Like, so fun things, but mostly it was like those were the hardest months because mm. no one really understood. No one knew what Thailand was. Thailand wasn't trendy then. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have Thai food in the U.S. Yeah, trending no then. Yeah. In the US. Yeah. We were like, Where's that? And then like, <laughs> they don't even know how to the conversations would fizzle out because they didn't know they lacked depth maybe. yeah they didn't yeah. know they didn't know they couldn't wrap their minds around it like, where like what and so feeling very out of place and then living out of suitcases for six months oh geez you know that messed me up more than more than living in thailand because thailand felt like home yeah. and then when we were moving so i was very apprehensive to move back to the states for college and you moved it you moved here yourself right over your brother yeah with my brother so we were homeschooled so we came at the same time for college even though i was younger and he was a little bit older yeah uh, but i'm glad we came together because that was a big help good good yeah wow uh, um so now that like even moving here what did you find very difficult to adjust to when you moved back here for college it was actually not as bad as i thought it was going oh to be. really good because i was i was really terrified so like the past two the last two years of high school i was really stressed out about it and so i was like i, I was for sure it's like i'm gonna drop out of college i'm gonna fail everything like <laughs> and then my greatest fear was that i would become too american yeah forget my thai culture and i'm not completely thai but like i was worried that i would just assimilate and yeah. just forget everything and be too american my perspective of america was not great at the time yeah but once i got to college it was actually a really good experience mm-hmm. so there's still like culture shock things but you had well, culture shock <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah of course I, I can imagine you having I mean, that first from just like the fact that coming from homeschool class of two oh yeah <laughs> with mom college with thousand people that was a lot to me yeah <laughs> this little private christian college yeah abilene right a lot of people to me yeah yeah and then you know abilene was even a big bigger city than we were used to oh wow i was like they have a zoo here like we could watch a movie in english i was like whoa so there are some things there and then i think uh just like tight culture like guys and girls don't really have physical touch like there's but you get a you know private christian call this you you know guys will give you a hug and when they're meeting you for the yeah. first time and i'm like excuse me sir <laughs> we're not married what are your intentions like what does this mean like does he like me like so like having to like figure you know get over that initial shock yeah i'm now i'm a hugger but but that was that was very confusing at first and then in thai culture like you don't you always take your shoes off yeah or if you're sitting on the fl- on the ground you hide your feet away you don't point them oh, in the direction I'm, of anybody I'm not good because you're pointing behind oh okay good <laughs> thank uh-huh. you see yeah. i didn't even know that <laughs> yeah so like but I, that's something that still is in my mind sometimes yeah. like i'll put my 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 feet up on the coffee table sometimes yeah. now but only when i'm alone uh usually hmm. or like when i'm watching a movie but never if never if a I never towards a person. It's funny you mentioned. I think there's a little bit of that in my culture as a Yoruba yeah. person, but mm. it was just never said. It just it just felt weird to like point your feet at somebody. Yeah, like you were exactly. just in like in their face. I don't know. Yeah. but now that's that you weird. mentioned it, yeah. yeah, 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 that's one that still sticks around with me. Ah, uh, so. okay. <laughs> Alright, there's one big theme that I that I think um, if I could use a word or just a phrase to describe your style of poetry, it would be nostalgia of the moment. 
Mm-hmm. And I find those two, you know, nostalgia and moment, like, very contradictory, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So, can you explain a little bit about that concept to those that don't, yeah. that are not familiar with your work? Yeah. Um, I actually learned that from a professor at Evelyn Christian. Yeah. I went. yeah. Um, so, I was a photojournalist with the student newspaper, and that's, he explained that concept of nostalgia at the moment. I'm not sure who coined it. Who yeah. coined it. Um, but it's just, you know, capturing now what people will want to remember later wow yeah so what i said about you archiving your 20s yeah yeah so like he just coined something that i had believed since i was a kid Uh, i don't you know why i don't want to miss the moment that i'm gonna miss later on yeah like i want to experience it now and and enjoy it now yeah enjoy it now yeah yeah and yeah do a better job of remembering it so you can have it later but the concept still sticks with me today so i like that so i think another thing i learned from you was um gifting music to friends oh yeah yeah uh <laughs> i remember some th- the time i shared you know with you about a falling out i had with some friends or yeah and how i had to mourn that friendship or the death or the loss of that friendship Mm-hmm. and how I felt like my heart was kind of like shifting away and I was becoming something that I didn't want to be as far right. as not wanting to trust people and open up again yeah and then you had sent me that song by oh hello I've sent that song to the, many people yeah <laughs> the, uh, oh hello um hello my old heart and oh my gosh like I remember I remember where it was when I finally when you clicked on that link on YouTube to watch it and mm-hmm. I and it made me cry more not because of out of sadness but it just it reminded me why I shouldn't change mm-hmm. because of just an ex- a bad experience I've had with a friendship. So yeah, I have, I want to let you know that since then mm-hmm. I have been doing a good job of sending songs to people. You yeah, know? and I always remember you know it started with Adrian. So oh, thank great. you. That. Yeah. Well, I think it's very important to like you know share gift of music with friends. Yeah, it just came naturally to me. So it's funny that you mentioned it. Um, I don't know. I think it's like there's things that you can say and this, but music touches you in a different way. Yeah. It's almost like it it bypasses something it bypasses logic it bypasses like your thinking and and just goes straight to something deeper i don't know how musicians do that that's complete magic i don't know i don't understand i mean music is too much that is just you know sung to a tune tune, yeah but the tune i know sometimes is something that it's magic to me i know know how that works i know like when you're sad you want to listen to sad songs Uh uh-huh which you know sometimes might sound counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's validating your sadness. Yes, exactly. Maybe you just want something to like you know make you be more you know effusive as far as yeah crying or shouting or you know yeah raising your hand up in the air like why God yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. And I, I usually w- share music with lyrics that put that into words yes yes um but yeah but it's the whole package yes you know yes. it has to sound good too yeah. so if you if you want to really hear the extent of just you know that song you should go listen to oh hello's um hello my old Heart, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're based yeah. in Austin. I found yeah. that from you, yeah. yeah. They're a couple, uh, they're, they're siblings. A brother and sister. Oh, my bad, sorry. That, yeah. that would be like a wrong relationship, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brother and sister, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Brother, sister, yeah, yeah. How bad. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyways um what we're just trying to say is that um, if you like songs like us just try gifting you know um songs to your friends like by gifting just sharing a link and especially if they open up to you about one of the things you're going through because i found a lot of my friends saying thank you so much for sending that song to me mm-hmm. and maybe because of them you can even you know expose them to like new artists and things yeah. like that yeah so good yeah. another thing about you that i like this should be like you know why i like adrian's I podcast like show <laughs> <laughs> see um you introduced me to black mirror 
Yeah. yeah. So, so we used to have when I lived in Austin, we had this, you know, um Sunday evening stuff at Adrian's house and would like watch stuff together. She loves Japanese anime. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and I remember one time he told me about Black Mirror. I'm like, huh this Black Mirror you speak of and you know, I went ahead and um that was twenty fifteen I think. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and then I um I watched it. It was Saturday night and I remember watching it up until Sunday morning and <laughs> I looked at my research. Wow, it's almost time for church. <laughs> I was transfixed, you know, because this was like an anthology series. I mean, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, like go see it now. You'll thank us later. It just shows like the extent of the human existence, how far we'd go at trying to either, you know, dissociate from one another or just becoming you know, apathetic towards one another. So that was really good. And I want to thank you for that because, you know, now when I left Austin and I moved to Oklahoma City, I hosted a first, uh, like, you know, we used to have like a viewing party. Because I know nothing about Black Mirror. I couldn't watch it by myself. Mm-hmm. The first time I did it, I was like, bad idea, bad idea. Yeah. Because I felt like just calling you, Adrian, what happened? Like, yeah. you know, why? <laughs> you know, um, d- there's so much deep psychology there that I feel like I need to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. this. So we start having like the viewing party where we like, you know, watch episodes. And because yeah. every episode is different. It didn't like, you know, sometimes you couldn't watch all of the, you know, episodes at once in a series. So I held like a first um, one in Oklahoma City and I introduced my friends to Black. Mm-hmm. so yeah what about black mirror like what would you say about it you know for those that haven't gotten on, on black mirror but yeah yet, i mean the i think yet. it's just my favorite genre of you know you can call it science fiction you can call it speculative fiction because sci-fi you typically think of space yeah and yeah space travel um but speculative fiction is more of the suspect fight <laughs> yeah suspect fight i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> whatever the name is but yeah, that's just more broader term. Sci-fi, speculative fiction, whatever you want to call it, is so similar to poetry mm-hmm. in that they both explain abstract ideas through concrete examples. Yeah. So they take something that you know we see happening, and they in speculative fiction they take take something you see happening in the real world, but take it to the most extreme to explain like what's you know the pros and cons usually the cons of i know usually cons, <laughs> and the consequences the cons. yeah yeah like very extreme yeah. situations but um it just really forces you to look more closely at what life is like and yeah to take something from and that. then even your own selfish behavior mm-hmm. and i hope you think sometimes as human beings that you know our actions are isolatory in a way that well i'm just doing this but then there's always going to be that ricochet effect on other people yeah and i feel like black men forces you to think yeah you know about how you're like you're traditional beliefs with other people yeah you know and even though it's fiction there's been some proof about how it's yes. predicting like the future oh yeah you know like with the boston um robotics the dog uh-huh. that dog episode I with know. the dogs it exists it's it, terrifying it's in boston we're serious about it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then with the um election of trump like they linked mm-hmm. it to what was that one yeah. the campaign one i forget the name um the yeah. smiley you know doll yes yeah yeah anyways yeah so it's yeah. it's fiction but you know it's like art imitating life or maybe life imitating art we don't know yeah but go get on the black mirror train and you know thank us later yeah yeah <laughs> yeah maybe line up something more like hearted for afterwards yeah <laughs> and they only release like um a, a series every year well they skipped out this year and you have about four to six installments in 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 a season or they call it series and you're done and we haven't watched the latest one bandersnitch bandersnitch yeah. is it bandersnitch ben- bandersnatch yeah. bandersnatch yeah we haven't yeah. watched that yet i'm yeah. kind of taking my time on it i turned out she's, she's taking her time on it yeah <laughs> i haven't had, had the moment yet 
Yes, yeah, that's nice. And um, we met through Bob and Diana, by the way. Yes. And um, they are international ministers. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what their real title is, but... They don't have a title. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, they just love international they, at an age when most people retire and move to a smaller house and downsize and make a more quiet life. They decided to move into town. <laughs> Um, into a bigger house, Big house better yeah. for hosting yeah um, parties like the Chinese New Year party where we met yeah and they wanted to be close to campus and just be available for international students yeah the the phrase of being good for nothing wow as in being good for no pay yeah that kind of thing <laughs> yeah because now that they like that. retire they have the freedom to serve without any constraints yeah, yeah without you know having a official title so yeah. and that gives them a lot of freedom to yeah just be friends to international students without needing to have um, an ulterior motive or an yeah. official mission or anything like that. And that's really needed because I know as an international student, without the help of the um, people that I met here, like Americans and or those that were already familiar with the lay of the land, I bet my transition would have been a more, you know, a lot more horrible. Yeah. So shout out to you know Bob and Diana and, and everyone like them. You know, yeah. thank you for you know doing that work and thanks for being such an inspiration. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, finally, what what books are you reading now, and what are you listening to? Well, I just finished Keep Going by Austin Kleon. Um, I read uh, Early Riser by Jasper Ford. So What's that about? Never heard of that. That one. one so Jasper Ford is a very silly, speculative, speculative fiction writer. Um, just <laughs> very, fight. yeah, it's just like, it's like a mixture of like, he's British humor and literary inside jokes yeah. and loosely logical sci-fi so like bad sci-fi like it doesn't even make sense all the time like, <laughs> and just a lot of puns and it's just very witty um but he creates really interesting dystopian worlds it's good or just you know different types of worlds so He's such a cute nerd <laughs> she's so excited just thinking yeah, about fangirling is, is is something i'm cultivating within myself um so yeah early riser is mm-hmm. about a world in which humans have always hibernated oh. and he places the emphasis on always i want that kind of world yeah so it's like you know when the fall comes they start gorging themselves filling up and uh and they grow a winter coat and then but this story was about the the people who stay up over the winter when uh. things gets kind of rogue things get kind of wild and crazy and you usually don't make it through your first winter mm. so it's very interesting and uh you know, those viral dreams is part of it too so like these dreams that happen yeah um very fascinating very out there worlds but i love i love the worlds he creates thanks for sharing that yeah and uh, what are you listening to what am i listening to um i'm listening to a lot okay this is a tck mm-hmm his name is Culture Kid. Third Culture Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abi the Nomad. He's Indian but grew up all over the world. Uh, and he's a, a, a hip hop artist. Oh, nice. Yeah. But he also does like. He is he based here? Multiple genres. He's from Austin originally. I don't think he's here anymore. And he's actually like. He made this album so that he could earn visa status for. Like old visa, I think. Yeah. At some, I can't remember which. The media one. Like, yeah. 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 So like, he has to show his talent. So he produced this album. <laughs> Yeah, U.S. And government. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for that restriction, because without that, we wouldn't know about. I bet you know. I it. know. 
yes, but I hope he's able to stay here. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, like the first part of the album is is more you know rap and hip hop, and then the latter half is more you know, indie rock. I don't know what you would uh, call it exactly, yeah. but, but yeah, so you can sing and he can rap, and like boy, can he rap! Like oh, really? This is, this is the music I put on and I blast on the way to church. Like <laughs> it's it's really good stuff, and I can't stop listening. So I know you like Chance the rapper. So yes. who's a better rapper between you know Chance the rapper I, and then Evan? Favorites. Oh, look at you. <laughs> I don't do best of lists. Oh, really? I what I love. That's good. I like different that. Different seasons. You know? I like that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, so, what would you say is one of the things you do to like take care of yourself? Like someone that was responsible for taking care of yourself. Like, how do you yeah. practice self care? Well, I think it would be a mistake to go through this podcast without mentioning Johnny Sun. Oh yeah, there you go. See. <laughs> Who is my, my favorite person <laughs> in the world, online and probably in the world. Yeah. Um, but he recently, he tweeted about how getting enough sleep is one of the best things you can do to help with depression. Yeah. Um, it just it just raises your baseline uh-huh. it just helps you in so many ways and so i've tried to take bedtime more seriously so the best thing that i'm trying to keep to sometimes youtube gets in the way but i, I <laughs> that know. whole of youtube like I like know. how did i get here someone get me out of here i'm a yeah. celebrity i know so i tried to put my phone in the other room and i have Oof. a analog alarm clock i try to read before bed because I fall asleep much faster, With much more deeply. Ideally, this doesn't this rarely happens, but it happens more often than it used to. I try to take a shower, be in bed by nine uh, or at nine, and reading, and then hopefully I'll be sleepy by, by 10. By then, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always happen, but yeah. that would be ideal. That's a plan. <laughs> so early to bed, early to rise was really my only, you know, quasi perfect world. Like yeah, to keep everything in balance, like yeah. raising your baseline and all that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny you mentioned sleep because, you know, when you, you know, approach a doctor, probably like a psychiatrist or a psychologist mm-hmm. about, you know, you being depressed and all that, the first thing they usually ask you is, mm-hmm. what's your sleep like? Yeah. Eight out of ten times, you know, mm-hmm. people that are depressed, they either cannot sleep. Yeah. It's why they're depressed or they're depressed because they cannot sleep, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have sleep issues and I struggle with that. And mm-hmm. I know that when I have like, you know, days back to back to back to back of, you know, um, not having restful sleep, yeah, or maybe not having that deep sleep. I'm just, I'm a nightmare. I'm just a zombie, and you know, I'm mm-hmm. all zoned out. And yeah, I see the world more negatively. Yes, my ability to like tackle problems, you know, declines. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know, mm-hmm. because you haven't slept. Because if you don't yeah. sleep, you just almost like you're conjuring demons from yourself. Yeah. You know, so sleep is very important. And I know mm-hmm. that. And I know my husband is actually laughing at me right now. Because <laughs> he keeps telling me that I just never, never stick to, you know. I don't know. I just, I'm very horrible with sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I refuse to have a partner with sleep. Like, I don't know why. Maybe I, I, I got screwed up as a kid. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I knew I was never that child that took naps. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Sleep. What are that ways? And the idea of just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like... If it's just one day at a time, it's like, okay, what can I do today that I enjoy? Like, where do I find joy today? Yeah. Sometimes you have days where you don't get to do anything fun, but I guess there's something I can do that makes today worth it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, just remembering to talk to God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... Because, <laughs> like, yeah... Just the connection so to, the, to the Supreme Being. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm so busy, like, trying to make it through my problems. I forget that He's there yeah. to walk with me through it. Oh, oh. So I'm always trying to get 
take care of it to yeah. make him happy, but which is not how it works no. at all. Like we only remember him when we have like the big text, like, hey guy, yeah. Yeah, remember me? Yeah. yeah. Here, yeah. fix this big one. Don't worry, I've taken care of the small ones. Yeah. But he wants to be involved in every area of our lives, you know? Yeah. So I've actually started changing. Usually, I've always written in my journal prayers to God, always usually saying Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I've changed it to Abba. Oh, that's more personal. Yeah. So I'm just trying to do that and trying to add meaning to that and yeah. see God in that way instead because it's always more affectionate who might be disappointed yeah change it from that to someone who's like there and like i can be weak i can like hey like i'm vulnerable and all that yeah 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 so that's been a journey still working on it but that's one thing i'm working on thank you for that yeah right true like mental health for ambitious people like us is very important Mm -hmm. and also finding um avenues for self-expression mm-hmm. for creatives mm-hmm. and um, on learning that default you know approach of functionality over vanity because mm-hmm. it put, puts so much pressure on ourselves to be a certain way yeah or to produce certain things because mm-hmm. fine we have this maybe not so many followers but people that we know love what we do yeah and we feel like if we don't do that constantly we're letting people yeah. down mm-hmm. but you can't be on that sustained you know streak for so long yeah it's yeah. it's crushing, you know. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, those are all my you know, questions for you. I don't know if you had any final thoughts. Well, uh, I mentioned fangirling. Oh yes, that's yeah. true. I have a Instagram account. I I because of you know self care. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had the chance to update it in a little while. Yeah. Um, but I have an an Instagram account purely for fangirling. Yeah. Just my little. The Kearney one? Museum, yeah, looking yeah. for Corny. Looking for Corny. It's on Instagram. The Holiday like, is one of our favorite yeah. movies, by the yes. way. So, yeah, the <laughs> you Holiday. see a lot of reference to that. And I was featured on that as well. Thanks for, I talked about my one of my favorite Korean jobs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and speaking of Fangirl, because of you, I, I met with um, Z Dog. He's one of, I don't know if you know him, but he's like a medical practitioner, but he does a lot of kits and all that to raise oh, you know, okay. awareness cool. on public health issues. Uh-huh. I was one of the people that brought him to my campus for like, you know, okay. like a, an event. And I was so starstruck that I do words to do. Well, come on, I'll just blab ah. like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, meet your heroes. But then in my case, maybe you should, you know, rehearse what you're going to ask them or talk to them right. before sounding like a bumbling order, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, you can also share your your um, website, www.adrianpatnod.com. Yeah, yeah, and I'll include that to the um, announcement so people can go check out your work. And so thank you so much, girl. Thanks for indulging me, and um, this is a lovely Sunday evening in Austin. Yeah, and Moko is on my right hand side, just you know, licking herself. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> with that girl, <laughs> you kiss your mama with that mouth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've had the pleasure of you know being face to face with my friend, my home girl. You know, Adrian talked about um, so many things like. Her growing up to, in um, rural Northern Thailand and moving to back to the U.S. Um, when she was 16, and uh, just her process as a well screenwriter turned you know confessional poet mm-hmm. and um, self care um, channel of self expression and all of that you know funkiness. We also talked about Black Mirror, so go see you guys. And I was asking her earlier before the podcast. She told me about the OA on Netflix. Yes, please watch it. It is by my favorite filmmakers. Yeah, I have never been disappointed by any of her um, movie recommendations, so I'm going to see that. All right, guys. Uh, well, that was the show. Thanks for listening. I remain your host, Mo Sibyl. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I forgot to talk about, like, the, um, what's the, word? the pen pal thing, like, you know, sending postcards. And- I know.